0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Empower You Podcast. I am your host, Michael Abney, and uh, just here today to shine a little bit more light on the pathway to living life more consciously, a little bit more aware. How I do that is I share stories with amazing people from all around, all around the world. And today we are joined by Alan. Um, oh, sorry I forgot your name there for a second because I was just thinking like He's coming to us from Australia. That's the furthest away he's also coming from a completely other day. I'm filming this, it's uh, like two o'clock here and you're 7 a.m. bright and fresh down in Australia. Thank you for being here, I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, thanks for having me on.
0: You bet. Um, you reached out, your submission was about a subject that a lot of people, you know, have a lot of conversations about it. Um, everybody's kind of got their thing with it. You know, we've all had, um, had to deal with alcohol in our life in some way shape or form, Uh, like for me, that was never something that was like, I actually didn't like taste of it for, for most of my life and like from having your perspective coming from alcoholism and talking about your journey, I can't wait for you to uh, share that with us. So take us away, like how did your, how did this journey begin for you?
1: Okay. Uh, Like so many people who uh, found their way to alcoholism, it starts in childhood. So it starts very young. I came from what what uh, we call a, a in, in polite society today a dysfunctional family background. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a violent family background. It was a very oppressive, violent family background, and uh, so I, I was born into an environment of fear. And uh, whether it's whether it's uh, however whether whether it's violence or or it could be psychological harm, but when you're born into a, a you live in a, an oppressive environment where you have this raised sense of anxiety. Uh, you, you you live as a small child in uh, a, a heightened sense of alertness. Now this is where uh, if you're if you're feeling fear, then we, it activates our fight flight response, and so you, you, you're constantly in this state of alertness, heightened alertness, and uh, you, you you learn to become a liar. Uh, you learn to, uh, you know, con the people around you to stay out of trouble. Uh, I'm from a family of four children and, uh, you know, with a violent father. And uh, in order to uh, avoid his wrath, uh, we, we used to work as a team. And, uh, you know, this is a, a lot of this stuff went on. But eventually he was to leave the family home. And uh, I was about 14, 15 at the time. And uh, what happens then, you have this incredible sense of relief and uh it was it was the 1970s so it was sex drugs and rock and roll and we discovered uh you know drugs and alcohol when you have uh you you come from a situation of that sort of uh ongoing anxiety where you have that state of uh heightened alertness all the time i mean that that's trauma that's that's the definition of trauma so i've suffered this childhood trauma I'm, I'm in this kind of heightened state of anxiety. Most of the time, I'm always looking over my shoulder, you know, ready for someone to hit me sort of thing. And then I, then I drink alcohol. And, and the effect is just that much more powerful than when the average person drinks alcohol. So the average person who drinks alcohol goes from maybe this level, normality, up. When you're, when you're living, living in a state or living with anxiety and you're, you, 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 you're suffering this sort of minor ongoing trauma, you're coming from down here. Wow! So whenever you take a mind-altering substance, the effect is profound. And that's why people who've suffered uh, trauma, uh, you know, anxiety, that, that sort of stuff, that sort of background, are far more prone to, becoming, uh, to using mind-altering substances. Because they have a far more profound effect. So I went into. Never thought uh, about.
0: I, I've never yeah. thought about trauma the way you explained trauma before. So I just like, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have it as it's. I, I never, I've never, I've never had the awareness to thank you. This is amazing. That that is what that is. Is that you know we're born and we're just you know being being us, and then you are like I grew up in a very that same time period. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And, uh, you know, like they, they were doing the best job they could, but they were pan- they were frantic, you know, and like that's how I felt my entire childhood was like, eh. but I, like, yeah, yeah. for me, it was a different drug. But like, I, I totally relate to um, what you just said, but I've never had that. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That's,
1: yeah. that's actually yeah, well that, amazing. I Go. think, I mean, so a lot of people aren't aware of that. And and I've actually come across people who are you know sober alcoholics. Uh, They've had quite lengthy recoveries, and and I've I've shared that with them, and and they've gone, uh, gee, I didn't know that. I didn't realise that. I didn't realise that I was more prone to uh, these mind altering substances because of my background and the fact that it was giving me such a bigger hit than uh, than a a normal person. It gives you a much bigger hit. Uh, and of course, it's it's like the elixir of life. We describe it, it was it to me. It was the elixir of life when I when I discovered alcohol. All this stress, all this tension, all this stuff <clears throat> completely melted away. So I was to go on into my twenties, uh, and and the one thing I had going for me it was uh, it was the 1980s. And uh, my background, I'm a I'm an electronics. I'm a technical officer in electronics. I was a technical officer in electronics, and I was right in the middle of the. Uh, the, the computer boom, the, com- the personal computer revolution in the 1980s. Uh, so I was sort of lucky in, in that way that I, you know, I had this I had this good career uh, and I was making plenty of money, but the, the money was just feeding the habit. And, uh, you know, you make the fast buck, the fast buck doesn't stick, and i just drink it away. And uh, what happened, what actually happened to me, uh, there were four of us children. Uh, my older sister, Shani, was a <clears throat> drug addict and an alcoholic and uh, I was 26, she was 28, and uh, she, she reached a point we call the rock bottom, and it's really when a person comes to a point in their, in their uh, drinking career, if you want to call it that, where you come to the crossroads, and you, you're at a point where I'm either going to drink myself to death, I'm going to go to jail, I'm going to get sober, what, what do I choose to do? Uh, Shani reached that point at age 28 and she committed suicide. And that, for me, was the beginning of the end. Uh, after I lost my sister to, <clears throat> to alcoholism uh, and drug addiction, I just started drinking more and more and more. And I was to hit my rock bottom uh, about a year and a half later and um, I, <clears throat> I reached out for help. And uh, I, I was very lucky that the help was there. And uh, I got myself into a detox, into a hospital, into a detox. And that's probably a story worth telling. Came through the door. I was 27 years old. And um, I, I was absolutely full of fear. Because when you, when you drink, I mean, it turns you into a, a thief, a cheat, and a liar. And, you know, you steal money. You, you, you take time off work. And you, you do all these things in order to, to drink and <clears throat> pursue your habit. And uh, I, I thought, so you, you're riddled with fear because you've sort of come clean and you've admitted you've got a problem and you want to do something about it. And I came into the um, into the hospital and I was full of fear, absolutely full of fear. The only person on the planet that I that I connected with was my sister Shani, and and she died, she'd committed suicide, so she wasn't there anymore. So I thought I was terminally unique. There was no one like me. No one thought like me, no one was in my situation, <clears throat> no one understood me, and so I came into this hospital full of fear, uh, I thought this was sort of payback, I didn't know what was going to happen, you know, you don't, no one knows what's going to happen when they first go into a detox clinic, and I was put in a room, a large room, after I was sort of inducted and, 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 and processed, if you like, and I was put in this large room with about 12 other, it was only a small detox, and there were 12 other patients at the time. And I sat in the corner, I'd seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know, and, and I thought mm-hmm. I'll avoid eye contact and this, you know, and I'll survive this situation. And, you know, I thought I was in, I was in this sort of terrible situation. And anyway, and I sat in the corner and I mind my own business, but this girl came over, she was uh manic depressive and uh, she was having a lithium levels checked and... She was on a high. She was on the up, up cycle of the, of the manic depressive uh, condition. And she came over and she's, hi, my name's Tracy. What's yours? And she grabbed me by the arm and she dragged me around the room. and She introduced me to everyone that was there. This is Michael. He's a, he's a drunk like you. And this is Diane. She's a speed addict. And the next thing I know, we've got the chairs arranged in a circle. And we're all sitting there, this room of complete strangers with all different conditions, and we're all sitting there sharing war stories, empathizing with each other and, and talking about our emotions, talking about how we're feeling. It's just this room full of strangers connecting. And back in those days, you know, we, we were drinking coffee and we were smoking cigarettes like Mexican bandits you could smoke inside in those days. And, and, and it, was, it was an incredible feeling of empathy. I thought I was terminally unique. And I discovered in that incredible morning... Of my life at age 27, that that here I am connected with all these other people who who thought like I did, acted like I did, felt the way I did, and it travelled largely the same the same path that I I travelled, and um, it, it was incredible. It was just amazing. Um, and then and then of course I started my my journey in recovery. That journey is about stopping drinking, obviously, and uh, putting down whatever that substance is. In order to put that substance down and and keep it down, you have to get well. So yeah. this is where wellness comes in. So I always say to people, when you think of mental health, think of it on a scale. And usually when you ask someone, how are you? They'll say, oh, I'm well. And they're not well. What they mean is I'm not sick. So they're saying, I'm here, I'm not sick. This is well. This is unwell. This is illness. This is mental <coughs> mental illness. This is wellness. And it's not some homogenous state uh, where you're not sick, but there are, there, are, there, are, there are levels of wellness. And in order to get well and stay well, one must work at being well. And in order to do that effectively, I went on a journey of discovering how my mind works. Uh, the, 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 we understand our bodies. We understand, our, you know, there's my hand. If I, you know, if I get a toothache, I don't put a Band-Aid on my hand. You know, we all know that. That sounds silly. But, you know, if I get a sprained ankle, I don't take, I don't take an aspirin. Uh, you know, but we don't understand our minds. And we don't understand. I mean, for instance, I'll give you a simple example. Doctors and nurses get addri- addicted to, to drugs and alcohol, so mm-hmm. everyone has that. Why? Why do you get it? Why do you get it? How can, how can they get addicted? They they know what this is going to do to them. They know about addiction. They study this stuff. They have all this knowledge, this power, this uh, this understanding. Why is it that they get caught in this in a cycle of addiction like everybody else? And the reason for that is because our brain essentially has two main parts: a thinking brain and a feeling brain. And your thinking brain isn't the addictive part of your brain. It's the feeling part of your brain, the more primitive, childlike part of my brain. So <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, we have a neocortex. That's where I, I do all my rational, logical thinking. That's where I know I shouldn't drink. I know I shouldn't drink. I know I shouldn't take drugs. I used to wake up in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. We call it the alcoholic dawn. And you wake up and you're out of booze and you're out of cigarettes and you're out of options and you've been unconscious for 10 hours. You can't get back to sleep. So there's no hiding in sleep. So you're awake and you're, you're, you're left with your, and you're, and you're half sober. And you swear, you swear in that moment, I won't pick up a drink again. I'll never touch another drink. I'll never drink again. And you mean it. You really, really mean it. And that's your thinking brain. But it's not your thinking brain that has the, the problem, it's your feeling brain. And the problem is that we, we, we train our feeling brain. We don't teach it. So I can teach my thinking brain about the evils of, of, of alcohol and drugs and all the rest of it as much as I like, but I can still fall into the, uh, the, the, the the into the grip of addiction because it's my feeling brain that has the problem. So when we train this part of our brain, we don't we don't teach it, we train it. So I have to train, as well, as well as learn to feed my brain, I've got to train that, that, that primitive feeling side of my brain, which is largely motivated by instincts, by our, by our survival instincts. So survival instincts, uh, one of the key survival instincts we have is selfishness. We hoard. We hoard resources. and <clears throat> That's a natural, <clears throat> natural state. In survival, and we really have to work hard at at <clears throat> overcoming that sort of behavior because if we act selfishly it's it that's a bad thing, and that's really what led me to drinking was the selfish behavior so I really have to work at not being selfish. I have to go out of my way to and I have to maintain spiritual well being by helping others
0: and, and there's service. a great
1: joy in that there's a great joy in that and you know, you often hear people talk about the hole in the soul. I've got a hole in my soul. And they try to fill it, and they fill it with the stuff. They fill it with the junk. They fill it with, you know, bad food. They fill it with, uh, you know, alcohol, drugs, whatever. You know, that hole in your soul, the way to fill it is to fill it with, uh, with other people. It's to fill it with unselfish behavior. It's to fill it uh, with, uh, with, with purpose greater than yourself. And, and that's what I've had to do and that's all mental wellness I'm talking about so I train my brain uh, I, I, um, I have to talk about the fact that you know I'm an alcoholic and, uh, you know, and, and, and therefore I'm allergic to alcohol I can't drink I've got a mental obsession coupled with a physical allergy so I have to constantly remind myself of that fact because I've got a great forgettery my brain loves to forget pain I like to, love to block pain. I don't want to think about the bad stuff, so I've constantly got to remind myself, and that's the training process. You know, you look at how, meetings How did
0: of, you do that, though? Like, how did you do that, or what was the?
1: In the beginning, in the beginning, you're 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 drilled in that. I mean, I was uh, I was in that 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 fellowship that you'll find at the front of the telephone book. So, uh, you know, in within that uh, that fellowship, of course, people often wonder why do you get up. You, you talk about you talk about drinking you get up and you all share and you talk about your drinking stories how the heck does that help what we're doing is we're reminding ourselves we're constantly training 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 we're not learning anything we're just training and if i go away from that if i move away from that and i I break the training eventually i'll go back to drinking so i have to maintain the training i have to stay and constantly remind myself my name's alan i'm an alcoholic my name's alan i'm an alcoholic I can't I can't afford to forget that. And I have to I have to I have to have hope in my life, which is a positive expectation moving forward. Now to have hope in my life means that I have to have purpose in my life. I have to have something to look forward to, I have to have challenges, I have to have purpose. This is all mental wellness. So mental wellness is not about it is about obtaining knowledge of how your brain works, but it's very much a, a lived program of training yourself staying staying well staying mentally well and being aware of uh for instance you probably notice i like to talk so th- really and that's a really that's a really healthy sign but that, that's a really healthy sign because you know if you look at anyone who's suffering say ment- mental illness the other side of the coin they don't talk they're very quiet they you know they they you know that we, we have a saying, it'll isolate you and kill you. So whether it's depression, someone gets depressed, uh, these conditions, they isolate and they stop talking and they stop communicating. And that's really a symptom of mental illness. And a, a, a sign of mental wellness is the exact opposite. Talk, 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 talk. So people who talk a lot and, uh, and share... Uh, and communicate is a really really healthy sign that's a really and it's it's this is spiritual health it's mental health spiritual health you know and of course to me physical health uh i'm 61 years old i run 30 kilometers a week uh you know i eat pretty well and uh but that that to me is just like a spin-off of being mentally and spiritually well so you know that 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 follows so uh so important and 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 i've spent 30 years in, over 30 years in in sobriety, and I've got a wonderful life today, I'm married to a beautiful woman, uh, very, very happy, uh, you know, in that marriage, in that relationship, I've had a wonderful career, I've had a couple of careers, Uh, I'm working in wellness at this stage, but I have been in the finance industry, Uh, you know, I've had a wonderful career and wonderful opportunities, because, all because I'm mentally well, and spiritually well, and, uh, you know, I'm in a great position to take advantage of any opportunities that come along.
0: Well, you're, it's like being in a master class. You're like, you, you, you really, you took me on a journey with your story. And it reminded me a lot of, like, I didn't, I didn't take your path. Um, but, like, I had a similar thing with cocaine. And it was like, that was the thing that was amplified for me. And it was also sort of connected to like repressed sexuality stuff. Cause I grew up yeah. in, you know, in the country I was gay, but I didn't know it. And all the stuff that goes along with that. And that was like my first, like, it, like, Whoa, there was like a whole other identity there, but it was exactly what you shared. Um, and, but in my mind, that's been, you know, li- literally been 30 years, 30 <laughs> years ago for me too. <laughs> yeah. Just do the math. Yeah. yeah. And so, but like, I, I was trying to think like how I stopped doing that, you know, like I remember that horrible feeling of, you know, when for me, it was when you ran out, you know, and that could be at any time of day or night. But it was when you ran out. And so that feeling occurred then. And I, I mean, I. <laughs> There was a lady here, her name was Oprah Winfrey. I'm sure you've heard of Oprah Winfrey, right? But she used to have these, like, spiritual sort of things every Monday. And so I would, like, my crappy, I'm never going to do this, always landed at 3 o'clock when she was having these epiphany things. And that was really part of my awakening and energy and, like, my understanding of how our belief systems work. And, like, it it, was it was the pain of like not connecting to that you know mm-hmm. like and it was a process of about a year it was a process of about a yeah. year yeah but it just did like and i know that alcohol is not the same as is that the addiction but, but my sense is like at some level we're all sort of wounded you know in our childhoods and like there's there's you know, people that are addicted to sugar. There's people that are addicted to yeah. like yeah. everything. Like yeah. I know people that are yeah. hoarders, like what you said. And that's like from, you know, we all have this energy of like, not the things that we create physically are this like from our perceived void of when we were younger. And I just mm. find it fascinating. You know, you you're, the themes, finding the threads between all of us that connect all of us together. And for me, it was service. I love being in service. I was in a service yeah. industry. Yeah. I did hair. Like it was the thing that lit me up like no tomorrow. But there was a there was a place in my life where I was like, I've been 20 years. And it was like, I knew intuitively this part of my life, I'm not supposed to be this for the rest of my life. And then that's what led to the, but if I don't have service at the core of what I'm doing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. So your yeah. point on, but that like, keeping you that I, what I loved in what you wrote was about your like staying like how to stay in that vibration and and training that training for you is that community and like you know i connected to a spiritual community so it's like there is this beautiful tapestry of similarities but the core of all of it was yeah you yeah. know
1: i mean they the beautiful uh we're all different we're all different thank god yeah. and yeah uh, but the the, the, the whole disease concept whether whether it's cocaine whether it's you know whether it's gambling as you say all those things overeating sugar Sex, it's, like all, it's the so same many. thing it's the same it's a, there's so many of them but that the, the the underpinning the underlying story is common it is a common process and I always come back uh, it, it's it's simply a disease of self you know in, in virtually every case it's a disease of self and uh you know we live in a world where i mean we're designed to survive uh i give you an example there's 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 um attitude of gratitude it's a lovely saying you know have an attitude of gratitude i complained i had no shoes until i met a man with no feet so have an attitude of gratitude we're not wired to do that because we're wired to survive which means that we're wired to think about the negatives we're actually, is there a threat? Is there a problem? Is there something I need to sort out? What I need to be doing? Is there something, sending? am I going to get fed tomorrow? Is there a roof over my head? Is there? So we're designed, we're wired to deal with all those negatives and all those potential problems. And, and that's survival. That's okay, that's fair enough. But you've got to focus on the positives. You've got to say, hang on, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. Look at all the wonderful things that are happening to me. Look how terrific my life is. So we have to really work at... You know that attitude of gratitude, and that's got to be a real conscious thing, because subconsciously, subconsciously, our mind's saying, "Deal with the problem, deal with the problem, deal with the problem." Anticipate the problem. You've got to get out of that mode of thinking. And uh, I, th- I think that's, uh, you know, so many people in the world today. And I mean, you know, we have to say, you know, I feel sorry for the Earthlings who haven't had to go through some sort of struggle, uh, because in, in in having gone through your struggle, whatever that happens to be. It's an awakening. So I have to deal with this. I can't just go along and ignore it. I'm just not going to float through life and nothing's going to change. I've got a problem and I've got to deal with it. And, you know, my bolt of lightning was was, was alcohol. Your bolt of lightning, you know, is, is the cocaine. But whatever it is, you're forced to open your eyes up. And, and, you know, we learn through pain. It's an unfortunate thing, but we learn through pain. Uh, we enjoy the pleasure, but we learn through pain and uh you know that that that's the reality of the situation i don't want i don't want to go back to pain and by by staying well and maintaining wellness well-being i don't have to go back there and and you've said it yourself that uh you know you fill that hole in your soul with service to others that's that's you're filling that hole in your soul you don't you know, you go to bed every night thinking, oh, look what I did today. I did this, 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 this. What am I going to do tomorrow? This, 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 this. You know, your life is full. It's full. And it's full of a purpose that's greater than yourself. Yeah. You know? So it's like and on that, the yeah.
0: spectrum, on the spectrum, you know, we learn the we learn the thing and then we turn that thing into the thing that we share back to each other. Because I'm like 57, I'll be 57 in a couple of months and like you know, I definitely am aware I'm in my wisdom phase and like my context of my life (laughs) has shifted. And like, this is, it's the only thing that lights me up, you know, is this ability that, hey, I get to craft how this looks. I get to like, what was that thing that like had me X? And today, like in this, on the call, you've got me, you know, I never thought about that part of my journey. And thank you for making me aware of that. Like, it's really powerful because I can see how that has given me the ability to go through other things in my life that were like, I like insurmountable, you know, like I can just see like, oh, yeah. And so this opened a big door for me today. So thank you, Alan. I appreciate that.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's
0: just like that shift of, con- like when we change the way we're look- the one of my favorite quotes ever is by, uh. Wayne Dyer. And it's when you change the way you're looking at something, that's something that you're looking at actually changes. And it just always reminds me of the power and that power perspective. It's my whole intention for even having these conversations with people all all over is, is showing that, you know, there's this thread between us. That's, that's the magic.
1: Yeah. There's there's a connection. There's a connection. Absolutely. There is. It's like when I was, I was 27, i was at the lowest point of my life at that point i was so riddled with fear and i'm I'm going into that detox clinic and i'm thinking my life's going to end i'm never going to have another drink you know how terrible is this there's nothing to look forward to i had no hope i had no positive expectation for the future and i found myself connecting with this group of complete strangers talking about you know our crazy stories And, and 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 it was an emotional connection it's you know, it's, you talk about, I mean, I've got a story, you've got a story, and ha, 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 we can all have a laugh and a giggle when we share some of the silly things we've done in our, in our misspent youth. But it's an emotional connection because you're all in the same place. You're all in the same place. And it's that spiritual connection that is, that, that's the community, and uh, the strength in that. So, you know, there's and there's complete strangers who've, who've been down the same path that I've been down in life, very similar with the violent background. I mean, it's, it's almost like a cliche, you know, violent family background and then, you know, into alcoholism and, and, and drug addiction. It's extremely, you know, we're so many of us and we're brothers. We're absolutely brothers. And uh, I feel a kinship with all of these people. Uh, and then and then to have a life where I get to help them stay well, get well and stay well, is just a fantastic opportunity. Uh, and, and it's knowledge. And I'm not, you know, it's not, I didn't create it. I'm passing the message on so it's what i've been taught and then i'm passing that on to others so yeah. you know i was i was told that you know you need to get well and stay well that's what you need to do if you don't want to pick up another drink so you know and then and and then, and then if you look at for instance the 12 step program which is obviously fairly universal today if you actually look at that and and, and if i was to give you a synopsis and i won't i mean i obviously lived that program lived that program and all the rest of it but if I was to give you a synopsis of it, it is a wellness program. That's exactly what it is. It is a spiritual house cleaning wellness program. It is clean your house, clean your side of the street, clean up your mess, and then stay well. That's exactly what it is. If you go through those 12 steps, Ooh, and it, that doesn't just gave me it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether whether you're applying it to gambling or overeating or, or it doesn't matter. It's a wellness program that's what yeah. it's about and when you when you break it down we say it's a simple program for complicated people and and this is one of the problems that for instance we talk about denial uh to be and to, to be i would say to people I, I love the saying to be forewarned is to be forearmed so by knowledge by knowing this stuff you are you are you you, you can see the signpost when you, know, you might look at yourself and you might say yeah i'm i'm, I'm guilty of that i'm doing that or more often, we often see behaviors in other people that we recognize immediately. We we identify with other people, not so much with ourselves. Identifying with yourself is one of the tricks. You know, you've Mm -hmm. got to actually work at seeing it in yourself. But denial is an interesting one because, you know, I've got a feeling brain and my feeling brain is this childlike brain with instant gratification in my head. It's the one that likes to eat sugar. It's the one that likes to feel good. And it's just in the moment. But it will do what we call a neocortex hijack and it will convince my thinking brain this is a good idea. So, you know, I want to smoke a cigarette. Hey, that's not a bad idea. I've got an 85-year-old, uh, you know, mother. She still smokes. One more won't kill me. You know, so that's, that's, that's the, uh, the, 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 the feeling brain taking over the neocortex, the thinking brain. We call it a neocortex hijack. And that's, the, that's that's denial. So you've got these two parts of your brain, the one that wants to be naughty, convincing the, the, the good one, the thinking one, right? That, yeah. come on, think an excuse. We need an excuse. Come on, think of something. Think of something. Think of an excuse. And the smarter you are, the greater your denial. Yeah. So you take it's a person... It's all designed to make
0: you feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This yeah. is fun and, and
0: comfortable and... But, but I'm you can... too aware that everything that I want, everything that I ever desired in my life is through the doorway of uncomfortable. Like, yeah, that's what yeah. it is. And I've, yeah. I practice every day that. Like, I practice that. Like, I know that I'm making myself more aware that, oh, the things I'm scared of, run. The things that, to it, run to it and like you know there's just this new way of thinking that you can create that is so empowering especially after you connect the dots like oh my god i did this thing that scared the shit out of me like i did this uh it's been about a year ago i want to go do it again like where you go sit in a uh like ice cold bath you know for a couple of minutes and then you get in the hot you know stove and but it was something about this thing but i like that whole day scared to death like oh my god and i get in the thing thinking i'm gonna freeze but because of the amazing breath work that they teach you i was actually hot as hell and my brain was like man you're too hot to be in this this your body's too hot you gotta cool down and i'm <laughs> like i'm sitting in i like i was just all of a sudden i was aware of these little th- what you yeah. just said those two things going back at each other yeah and i started laughing and so like the guys got it on video of me like laughing in this yeah. bath and he goes, man, very few people actually get to that point where you're at. And he's like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I'm sitting here observing my like crazy ass mind and this like, and I'm yeah. not experiencing yeah. anything in this freezing weather, in this ice, except for, damn, I'm too hot. Like, yep. it's just funny. So yep. Yep. I totally get it, but I got one more question for you and then we'll get our takeaways and kind of complete. Um, I am, you shared that about your sister. Have, have you but that like that what became your rock bottom do you ever yeah. sense your sister during your journey
1: sorry I didn't you, hear that Michael. do you ever
0: sense feel yeah. your oh, yeah. sister yeah, with you yeah. on this journey like yeah. she's a part yeah. of it even though she's yeah. not physical yeah.
1: it is it is um a suicide if we can talk about that and, and also I think it's really important I want to make the point that in the modern world, we, we, we avoid things. We don't talk about things. We, we say, oh, that's a trigger word. Don't say that. Uh, we need to give warnings, all this sort of thing. I've come through a different process. In fact, the exact reverse of desensitization. So it's like talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, and talk about it, and then talk about it some more. So completely just process it to the point where it's just no big deal. Right. And, and, and certainly I've done a huge amount of processing on my, my sister's suicide. And uh, you know, in, 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 in doing that, she, you know, when, when, when someone suicides, you feel both the grief, but you also feel anger. So you have that grief and anger, which is really conflicting, really hard Uh because it's conflicting. Cause you, you think if she, if she miraculously came back to life, I'd hug her and then I'd hit her. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, like I'll Yeah. That kind you. Of, yes. and, and it's really, really, and of course that just drove me into more drinking. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, you know, she, she, in in a way, I mean, and, and you want to make, uh, you want to make her passing and that terrible loss worth something. And you know, I, I say to people, I say, look, I, I don't know. I said it's not my place to decide. It's, it's, it's up to God. But I, I said, I really feel that. You know, to some degree, she she died for my salvation. You know, because it was her death that was the turning point for me, that brought me to re- to, to recovery. And then, hopefully, in my in my thirty plus years of recovery, you know, at, at, lo- at least I've I've saved maybe one life. You know, through through, through helping way others. Oh, you more than that. So you know that and that, you know that. So she's part of that whole that whole process that's happened and that whole journey that's happened. She's very much part of that and uh, always you know when you when you go into you sleep and you you know you, you, your subconscious mind your unconscious mind and we dream and uh, always wake up really smiling when uh, when I've had a dream with Shani in it you know and it, it's always a good dream it's always a positive good dream and I oh, think yeah, she comes to me in those dreams but she's certainly there in my thoughts and she's certainly sitting on my shoulder in this uh, in this journey and uh, yeah I see her as being a critical part of that she she died for my salvation and, uh, and therefore, it's important that I make my life mean something.
0: I pick, I, I pick up, like, I heard your sister say that, you, like, when you were talking before. And <laughs> so, like, she, you shared, you've saved many more lives than one, mm-hmm. from her perspective. And like, that agreement, like, she, she was sharing with me that that was the agreement that she had with you this time, and that you've had that agreement for her other times. And it's all part of, like there was just this big dance with the energy of what, just dancing around. So that's where that question came from. So I'm glad you are aware of it because um, she also says she communicates with you through electronics. You just don't see it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just putting it out there. So um, yes. Didn't mean to go for that little tangent, but like she was just so present while you were talking. Yeah, yep. I just wanted to know if you're aware that she's around you all the time. Yep. Yeah. Thank so, you. Yes, you are so welcome. What's your takeaway from today?
1: Well, I really enjoyed it, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's always good to talk this stuff. I lo- love talking this talk. Uh, it's 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 great to be on your podcast and sharing this with other people. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the key, isn't it? Communication and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, yeah. and, and, meeting you and talking with you, Michael has been an absolute, absolute pleasure. Yeah. Same absolute here. Pleasure.
0: Same here. Really like you, uh, as I mentioned before, like that was that, for me, that's the most powerful thing. That's how everything starts is like the increased amount of awareness that we could process through our systems, you know, that gives us more options, more ways to, um, ex, you know, evolve 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 and like there's something about the conversation today that i know is going to help a lot of a lot of folks like because i couldn't help from the you're masterful at storytelling and storytelling gets into the vibrations of our soul so like i know for me that was it was a healing conversation so thank you for waking up down there down under and having that conversation with us today and thank you so much for being here for you guys listening and watching out there um yeah let me know what you guys thought what awakenings did you have what what new ideas popped into your head as you were listening to this amazing conversation um because at the core i think we've all can share like whatever our own experiences are with the things that we made up to cover up our own perceived deficits and i know we're all as a society as human beings evolving out of that now so thanks for listening share your stories with us and um We're going to see you on the next one. Bye, guys.